BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I've got visions in my head. People tell me that I'm crazy. I tell them that's exactly it. I've got reasons for my absence. People tell me that I'll burn out. Hey guys, welcome back to the I Love You So Much podcast. I am your host, Kenzie Elizabeth. Today's episode is really great. We're actually going to be talking all about finances and getting that in order, but with a very healthy mindset and not scary approach. I feel like finances are a topic that typically, you know, gives you anxiety. And I've been there. I feel you. I understand you. However, today's episode, we actually have Maya on, which we'll talk about soon. In my opinion, she has a really healthy approach to finances. And I really liked listening to her and looking at her ebook and just hearing what she had to say because it didn't sound so daunting. And she just makes it fun. Like you almost will talk about this finance date. Like you'll hear about it in the episode and you're like excited to sit down and and print out your bank statements and like go through and highlight, you know? Anyways, guys, this week I have just been really thinking about the importance of my morning routine. It has been so big. I have been very open with you guys pretty much through my entire career on the internet about just struggling with mental health. It's something that runs in my family and definitely something I'm always trying to just kind of improve and get better about. I am medicated, um, as I've said 3000 times. And I've also been switching meds recently, which if you guys didn't know, there's like adjustment periods and sometimes you'll have a bad reaction to medicine. Like right now I'm having a lot of headaches because I'm switching meds. And so it's just, it's really something with that as well. I think just the combination of COVID and 2020, and there's so many things happening with my family that just like, aren't really my things to share. I've just been just kind of really overwhelmed and really, really down and to be like really transparent. It's honestly kind of hard to like get up in the morning. I just have been lacking a lot of motivation and I have noticed extreme, extreme differences when I um, get out of bed and do my morning routine just with how the rest of my day goes. Obviously, I'm a big routine person and I swear by a good morning routine because it sets up my entire day. But I definitely have been really relying on it. Like, for instance, yesterday did not do my morning routine and my day was pretty awful. And then today I did my morning routine and it's been a lot better and I'm just in a better mindset and I'm kind of more focused and it's just been really good. I would love to do an entire episode on my morning and night routine. This is a solo episode if you guys would like it. Actually, I'm going to throw out three solo episodes right now that I want to know what you guys want to hear in the Facebook group or on the Instagram. The first one, my morning and night routines. Second one, what I've been learning. I haven't done one of those in forever. I don't even know if you guys want to hear it. 
you let me know. And then my third would be just kind of like a favorites podcast episode and kind of things I've picked up over quarantine and things that I've been loving and, um, you know, all of that sort of stuff. Not even just products, just kind of maybe more routines or um, hobbies and stuff like that. Also, like kind of just getting ready has been really helpful. I know that's a no brainer and we've talked about this before. I've actually been wearing color lately, which is really weird. I literally have rainbow nails right now, guys. Go look at my Instagram. I actually think they're really incredible and very cute. And I um, as I saw them on Instagram like months ago and they're really trendy. I'm sure you guys can just think about them right now. And I'm sure you guys have all seen them on Instagram, but I feel really cool and I'm suddenly the biggest hand talker in the world because I just love having fake nails on again and I feel really cool with my rainbow nails. Anyways, I just think having kind of those things in your life that you know make you feel good, whether it's getting up and getting ready in the morning, having your routine, working out, reading a book, relaxing, not being hard on yourself. Cooking for me is a big one. I'm actually currently waiting. I think I have like one minute left for this one pan. and I'm, So I'm going to have to take a break from this intro. Just doing things that make me feel good and make me just kind of have a better perspective on life. They're so small and it might sound dumb, honestly, but they really do make the biggest difference. I was listening to Battle Ready with with the McManuses and I love them. It's my current favorite podcast, but Aaron said something on the lines of, I don't think I'm depressed as much as I'm undisciplined. And he was just talking about how he had been staying up late and so off his routine and all of that stuff. And obviously that is not to take away from actual depression. I want to be very clear about that. But I do think as someone who struggles with depression and anxiety, I definitely see how that can make a very, very big difference. And sometimes I will for sure think I'm in a worse mental headspace than I am just by the actions and kind of the routines and habits that I've picked up in the past few days to a week because my moods can really just be all over the place. So so anyways, um, this morning I woke up. I actually posted an entire Instagram post about it, which is essentially my blog. I also want a blog. But I don't know if that is just kind of a waste of my time because I feel like a lot of bloggers are primarily on Instagram anyways, but I would actually love to have a blog as well. I also just wanted to say thank you so much to everyone who has been giving so much love on The Living Room. If you guys are not aware, The Living Room, oh my gosh, Coco is trying to play with a bone that is about four times her size right now. If you guys are not aware, The Living Room is a faith content subscription. It's on Patreon and that's where I will have like podcast. I already, I will have, I already have podcast out episodes. So it's just solely on faith-based stuff. I have friends, Dom's on, Quentin's on. If you guys like the episodes with friends, especially, you guys will love them. I'm actually recording one with Dom today. And then I'm also doing like video devotions and stuff. So if you guys are more into that sort of thing or just in like a weird space or just need some inspiration, motivation, whatever it is, definitely would recommend signing up. Um, it'll be down below in the show notes. Also, another random tangent, Function of Beauty. It's not sponsoring today's episode, but they are a sponsor on the podcast. And First off, I've loved their stuff since far before they were a sponsor on the podcast. I've actually worked with them on YouTube before, but I love their stuff and I use their hair serum. So listen, I know you can't just like go out and buy this hair serum because it's like made for my hair combination. But I just want to say this hair serum has changed the texture of my hair. Like it is so soft. It has never looked better. It is shiny. It is so smooth. Like I went and I got coffee earlier this morning and like three people complimented my hair and it was like I woke up and got out of bed and my hair air dried while I was sleeping like I just can knock it over it so unreal I think the function of beauty like sponsor code not a sponsored thing but it's functionofbeauty.com slash I love you for 20% off but anyways actually incredible like if I had to share one current obsession in this podcast episode like okay sis style that's what I would share 
So Maya is a writer, self-care enthusiast, and the host of the Jen Schuller podcast, where she chats about post-grad adulthood and using self-care to enrich all areas of life, especially personal finances. She lives with her puppy, Ginger, in the D.C. area. Also, guys, her puppy is so freaking cute. She has an ebook. I This bio, I need to continue on with it because I just am obsessed with her. She has a really, really incredible ebook that I would definitely recommend if you guys are trying to take your finances more seriously. We'll talk about it again during this as well, but I would definitely recommend picking that up. It's basically just a more in-depth version of this podcast, but yeah, she's incredible. We're talking a lot about financial self-care, simple self-care practices, a really healthy, not so scary approach to finances. I also get practical and I ask her like what she uses specifically for things and how she budgets, how she tracks, all that stuff, because I feel like you hear all this financial advice and you're like, okay, that's great. But like, how do I actually do that? And she shares that on this episode. Once again, if you guys have not joined the Facebook group, you need to do so. It's the best thing ever. Also, if you guys haven't joined our book club, which is just in our Facebook group, and I'll be doing the recap towards the end of this month, we are reading Midnight Sun this month, which is so incredible. Fifth book of the Twilight series. I don't need to talk about it because I've talked about it on every platform I have about 3,000 times. Join the mailing list. That's also incredibly important. The newsletter is bomb and I spent a lot of time working on that thing, okay? My YouTube channel, I'm currently doing vlog week. So if you guys go over there, youtube.com slash Elizabeth, there'll be about five new vlogs for you at this point. Okay, I hope you guys enjoy and let's get started with the episode. Oh my gosh, I am so excited to have you. I read your ebook and I thought it was such a healthy approach to finances. I was telling you two seconds ago, but people always request episodes on money and I don't feel like I am the expert on this topic. I don't know if anyone really is, but I definitely need to bring other people on and I just think you have a really healthy approach. So I'm really excited. But before we get into everything money related, I have one hot seat question for you. What is your best purchase under $100 that you've made in the past six months? Okay, so I haven't been making many purchases in the past six months under $100, but I will say my birthday is coming up. So I've been like fake buying things and sending links to everyone. And something I'm really excited about is those slippers that are like really fuzzy and have the cross across them. Everyone's getting them. There's so many different knockoffs, but A plus. I haven't even gotten them yet. And I'm recommending them to everyone. They actually are the best. And mine were literally $20. Like I don't have the high end pair. I'm sure there's some brand makes them really expensive but yeah I wear them every day okay so let's just get straight into it I would love for you to share a little bit about kind of your upbringing and financial background and how that kind of played a role into you kind of like having the career that you have today? Yes. So I grew up in a big family. My parents got divorced and then that kind of led us to a lot of financial turmoil. You know, we had this huge house and not huge, but like this really nice house, but without my dad being around, she wasn't able to keep up with things. So the lights didn't come on and the water was turned off and she would do these things like going and buying like clearance clothes from Walmart every day because we couldn't afford to wash the clothes that we had. And it was just kind of became this mess where we ended up having to move from Texas to Arkansas where my parents grew up. And it's still just kind of this reoccurring theme of money just always being so tight and there never being really enough money and us having to cut corners and things like that. So I I really had this idea of there's just not enough money. Like money is not something that I can accumulate. Um, Whenever I have money, like something happens and I just lose it. I might get a lot of money randomly, but then it just all disappears. And I I don't think I would have said this stuff outright if anyone had asked me, but looking back, my behaviors pointed to that being the way I thought about money. I never saved. I had this idea that I wasn't allowed to have too much money. And so when people would offer to 
buy things for me or, you know, give me money for whatever. Even if, even if it was my dad asking like, oh, do you need extra money for whatever? Like, oh, no, no, I'm fine. I got it. Even if I'm struggling to pay for ramen noodles in college, like I just would shut down anything. And then I had this this moment, I, I had a few moments of realizing that I need to change things, but I think the thing that really did it in for me was after graduating, um, because I always would look for the next stage, like all throughout high school. I was like, okay, well, when I can go to, when I go to college, like things will be so much better for me. And then in college, when I, when I graduate, things will be so much better. And then when I get a full-time job, things will be so much better. And finally, I got to that final stage and things were not any better. Like I was still broke. I was still sad all the time making way more money than I ever have been. I'm salaried with a full-time job and benefits and all of that. And I realized that the way I thought about money was just shaping my entire life and the way I thought about self-care and the way that I treated myself. And I had to put a stop in and take some responsibility over my life and understand that despite the way I grew up thinking about money, like all of that could change and I just need to work for it. Thank you so much for sharing. I love that also. Texas forever. Um, I love how you've been able to kind of go back. It's a very like introspective way of thinking. My question is, do you feel like it was just something that money almost in a way because you felt like you had no control over it, it had so much control over you. So it was kind of leading to this never ending chaos. Absolutely. Like I just felt like I was like every decision I made was based off of money. Like even just coming down to you know, and my, my dad would get on me a lot. And he's like, you know, you're buying the cheaper version of this because you want to save money, but it's going to cost you more money in the long run, like invest in yourself. And I, it just, things like that were not clicking for me, even if I knew, and you could have asked me and I knew everything there was to know about financial literacy. And it still was not clicking because I still had this idea that money was in control of me. There's also, I don't remember exactly where I've heard this from. I know it's said all over, but they're like, it doesn't matter If you're making, like, let's say you're making $10,000. Well, I don't want to say $10,000. Let's say you're making like $30,000 a year, okay? And they're like, if you're not saving then, like, you're not going to save at $200,000. And obviously, while like living at a different, on a different salary, especially like depending on where you're living and stuff, I I understand how that is so much difficult, like more difficult. But I do see the truth in it in the way of like, because I've even thought that in my like, journey as far as like career goes and it's like when I was early on I wasn't saving money and then it's like now that I'm making a lot more money comparatively I have just now this year like really buckled down on saving which that's after like years of making like money but not like whatever you know like a salary essentially but like it's not a salary so I can relate to that in the sense of like I I also felt that money did have a little bit more of like a hold I never wanted I don't know I didn't want it to control me anymore so I this year was like I'm taking it way more seriously not that I've been the absolute worst but I've definitely not been the best and just having like a plan I actually went and um I got like a financial person everything like we had meetings and we had a financial plan and that in itself like I felt so much better and so much less anxiety because I thought ahead and I made this plan. I mean, I didn't make it ahead. The My lady made it ahead for me, but it was so much more helpful because I was just way more in control. Not in the sense of like, I'm not making like so much money to worth, you know what I mean? But it's definitely made me just kind of calm in my day to day, just because I feel like I have a lot more control over it than I did before. Self-care. So you have three kind of layers to that foundational 
preparatory and transitory. I cannot speak today at all, guys. It's 9 a.m. It's a little bit early for us to be recording, um, but I would love to hear a little bit about that. Yeah, so I like to break self-care into like three different tiers, like you said, um, because I think so often self-care is painted as this one-dimensional like face mask and bubble baths type of situation. And I do think that's useful, but you have to really understand how all of it's contributing to your well-being. So foundational self-care is what I like to call like the groundwork of self-care. It's you getting to know yourself better, making yourself available to receive self-care. So for me, that looks like journaling all the time. Affirmations are also really good to kind of reprogram all those negative lessons you've picked up. Meditation, therapy, all the stuff to kind of get you primed and ready to receive self-care. And when I say receive it, I mean like, first of all, self-care is different between person to person all the time. Like what's self-care for me might not be self-care for you, but even within ourselves, self-care can be different from time to time. Like tonight, a face mask and Netflix marathon might be exactly what I need, but you know, maybe later on this week when I know I have a list full of responsibilities that I haven't taken care of, that same task or that same activity might be procrastination. So foundational self-care really helps me to understand who I am and what my patterns are and understanding when I feel stressed, when I feel overwhelmed and scared, how do I react to those things? And that way, in the future, when that stuff starts coming back up, I'm like, okay, I'm ready for this. I know what this means. Let me do something to kind of get me back in the positive state of mind. So, you know, they don't have necessarily the instant gratification things, but they really help in the long run. Similar to that, preparatory self-care is anything that you do that might not feel fun in the moment, but is really going to help you in the long run. Budgeting is huge preparatory self-care for me. Little tasks like getting my clothes out the night before and all of that. Scheduling doctor's appointments that might seem scary, like all that's preparatory. And then transitory is the stuff that gives you most of the time that instant gratification, but might not give you like a long-term solution, but could really help you to get the energy to go for that long-term solution later. So that's when your face masks come in and your Netflix and hanging out with friends and all that stuff. And I think the key with all of them is to find the right balance for you and use them responsibly. I am really bad about focusing exclusively on transitory self-care and not really doing any like tough work, but also on the other end, only doing foundational self-care and just kind of staying up in the clouds with everything and not really stepping down to do any real action. So I, you know, we have to be able to find that right balance and and use it all in the right way. So often we look at self-care and we think it's like bubble baths and, you know, a glass of wine or whatever that might be for someone. And while that can be sometimes it's, I think like five percent of it I think about that I'm like okay if I'm doing like a bubble bath and reading for the night which would be mine like I'm actually still anxious because I am putting off all of the other difficult things that I need to do or harder things or for some reason I don't know why scheduling a doctor's appointment like brings anxiety but it does (laughs) like just things that you don't want to do going to the DMV honestly I had don't even get me started on my DMV experience for the past year but once that finally was done and I no longer had to deal with it I really felt like a weight was lifting off my shoulders, which obviously like those things sound smaller, but it really does just make you feel a lot better. Okay. I want to talk also about the truths about money. I love your perspective on just control with money and how we've kind of briefly touched on this a little bit, but how the feeling of money controlling you, I would just love for you to speak on the truth of we are in control of our money. Yeah. So we have this idea. I think it's just like a societal thing that most people hold on to this idea that money is in control of us. um, And we have to do things according to money and our life is informed by our finances and really my goal for my own life and to help other people is to 
reverse that and, and align our finances with our dreams and what we want. I went through my whole history and I, I've always had this idea of I can't hold on to money. It comes and it goes. Like, And I've had several times where I've come into a large sum of money and it just literally disappeared. Like I couldn't tell you where it went. It just nothing. Um, and I also think a lot of it comes into, like for me personally, this idea of, you know, my identity for so long was just being somebody poor. Like it was just like being, and I, I had so many other facets. I was really smart in school and did really well. I went to a really nice boarding school that I loved for two years. But even when I was there, I was always kind of packaged up as this girl from this low income community in this tiny Arkansas town and kind of like shopped around for that. And I just reinforced that whole identity. So when I wanted things that didn't necessarily align with that, my mind couldn't wrap my head around it. I talk about it a lot, like on the podcast and stuff. But one year I really wanted a camera. I was really ready to just like upgrade my camera. I was doing freelance photography and like YouTube at the time. And I was like, there's no way I could afford a camera. Like I couldn't do that. And I realized after going through my bank statements that year, I had spent the amount of money that I would have used on the camera and gotten a really nice one on Uber Eats that whole year. Like that's wild to think that I spent so much time telling myself I couldn't afford this and I could, I just spent it on the wrong thing. So for me, like understanding that I'm in control of money was just monumental and that, that comes down to understanding that I'm in control of what I spend my money on, but I'm also in control of how I get it and how much I get it and those, how much I get. And those can be like really hard truths to wrap your head around. And I still do a lot of work around it as well. But I mean, it's just, it can be as simple as that. It's hard, but it can be that simple. I mean, I have a dog now that I really have been wanting for years. And I just kept telling myself, there's no way I can afford a dog. I'm not like in the back of my head, I'm saying I'm not the type of person who can afford to get a dog and have all the cute stuff in my cute apartment and all of that. And so I caught myself, thankfully, because I've been doing so much of this work. And I asked like, okay, what if I could afford it? What would that look like? What could I do to make it possible for me to afford this thing that I really want? I wrote the ebook and I made it happen. I just like created that money out of my thoughts and basically out of my fingertips because we all have that power and ability. It just comes down to really understanding it. Even if you're not interested in making more money or anything, understanding that you're in control means knowing what's coming in and what's going out, sitting down and making a budget and saying like, yes, this might be scary, but I can handle all of it. Whatever issue I'm coming, that's coming into me, like I'm stronger than it. I can do this. I can sit down and face it head on because I'm worth that for myself. You know, just sitting down, no matter what it is, I've had collections accounts I need to take care of and, you know, doctor's appointments, like I said, that I knew were going to be so expensive. But at the end of the day, what's more important is me and commanding control and power over my finances. When you kind of went through this journey of feeling out of control versus in control, the kind of in between of that, what were some things that you did in order to kind of relearn almost convincing yourself and like learning a little bit, I feel like is a little bit of worth. And then it's also a lot of like, no, I deserve this. It almost reminds me of kind of like a poverty mindset that I feel like a lot of us can fall into. Yeah. So first thing was journaling for me really like that was super important finding prompts on Pinterest and stuff. And I have some other like influencers I've I was really into at the time that talked a lot about money mindset and just journaling out like how I feel about money, like what's my first memory of money um, and just really zeroing in on what I think about money. And that's how I kind of determined that I never thought there was enough of it. And I was always acting in a way to reinforce that thought afterwards, making money a pleasant experience. So I talk about having money dates and just like sitting down with your budget 
checking in on the transaction you've made, but like make it like pleasant, watch your favorite thing on Netflix, play your favorite music, have a snack, have a glass of wine, do it with friends, like whatever would make that more comfortable for you. So you can kind of like relearn the way that money makes you feel and you can reprogram your mind in that way. Also spending time thinking about what your ideal life would look like and getting a number for that. Like actually sitting down and like budgeting, okay, if I say I want to get my nails done every two weeks, how much would that actually cost me? Um, And then thinking about like, okay, take inventory of your life and think, can I do anything that could help bridge the gap? Like I could find a new job maybe if I needed more money. I could do a side hustle if I needed more money. But finding ways that to do it that align with who you are and feel good for you. Because I feel like, you know, it's not enough to just get the money to do it if you like hate the job that you're doing to afford your life. Because at some point now you're trapped and money's controlling you again. So you have to find a way to do it in a way that's enjoyable and pleasant. And I think that's where a lot of the hard work comes in because it's tough. Can we get really detailed about your money dates? I'm so curious. And also if you have any specifics on how you budget, if you use spreadsheets, whatever that is, like get as specific as you possibly can. Yeah. So I use spreadsheets to budget, but I do it in a way that I don't think many people do it in. So I have my budget like a calendar kind of, like just dates. I call it just like a date-based budget because what I learned was I get paid bi-weekly, but sometimes like the first two weeks of the month, my expenses are way higher than the, like all my bills fall on like the first through the 10th or whatever. So I was spending way more money in those days than the last part of the month. So even splitting my money in half, it wasn't working. I was always still coming up short. So I sit down and I just have the spreadsheet go from like, August 1st to August 31st. And I just, from day to day, whatever bill is going to be due that day, I go through and I put the amount and what the transaction is. If I know I'm going to be getting any money from work or from freelancing or anything like that, then I put it there. And at the bottom, I just have a total of what's going out and a total of what's coming in. And then what's left over for the next month that I'll need to use in the beginning of the month. So I budget in that way, just date-based spreadsheet, all of that. So my money dates, I sit down, I open up the spreadsheet. I check and see if everything's accurate. I noticed one time that my bank account, for whatever reason, I use Capital One 360. So sometimes the transactions from the day before will, or like two days before, will go away and it'll look like I have more money than what I actually have. And that often leads me to being in some trouble. So I have to sit down and make sure everything's aligned on the spreadsheet. And I just sit there, I have a snack. Like I said, I play something on Netflix that feels really good and like cozy. I love feeling cozy. So that's like the feeling that I like try to chase after, like on Netflix, like just that, that type of vibe. Gilmore Girls, like sitting down with my coffee or tea and just like looking over my budget and just seeing it. So yeah, I check if everything's accurate. I try to stay at least one to two months in advance. I find that doing too much more than that will overwhelm me. And the moment I start feeling a little anxious about money, I close it. I stop it. Like I I need to go do something else because again, I want to make it as pleasant as possible. I don't want the feeling I have about money to be anxious or stressed or tight in any kind of way. So I try to keep it just one to two months in advance if I can. And I really just go through and right now I have some major savings goals. So I'm not spending a ton outside of that. And for me, that that works because I'm able to tell myself like, okay, you're not saving, you're not spending on this thing right now, but you're going to be spending on yourself so much more later. So that works because again, we don't want to demonize spending. We don't want to have money be in any shape or form like a negative thing in our minds. But if you can connect to your why, it makes it a lot easier to say like, okay, I'm not spending on this thing right now because I'm waiting till later so I can have that thing. 
since I'm not spending so much, I don't have to do so much like daily transaction adding onto my budget. But if I were, then at the end of the day, I would go in my budget, put the transaction that I spent that day or whatever it was in the amount just so that if my bank account app has an issue, I'm able to have another record so I can see. And that's just me being in control because worst case scenario, my bank account balance is like hundreds of dollars off. I spend that money and now I'm like hundreds of dollars in the hole. And unfortunately that has happened to me multiple times. So it's just something I want to be on top of. Let's talk a little bit about to how you don't look at money as good or bad. Yeah. So money, I have so many negative feelings around money and so many, so much like guilt feelings around money. I was so convinced when I was younger that the reason my family had to move to Arkansas was because I did all-star cheer in Texas and my mom couldn't afford it. And I just had this idea that me having a nice thing just set my family in jeopardy and like so much like peril and it was all my fault. And like, if I had known it was so expensive, I never would have done it and all of that. And I had to understand that Money in itself is not good or bad. So my self-care journey started as like a manifestation journey. So sometimes it's like a little woo, like the way that I initially started thinking about money. And they always talk about it being energy, just like energy that you're exchanging back and forth between people. You know, I like to take it down a notch and just think of it as a tool. And I compare it a lot to a hammer. Like you wouldn't say a hammer is like good or bad necessarily, but what you do with that hammer obviously can be good or bad. You can build a house with it or build anything, or you can hurt somebody with that hammer, but the hammer in and of itself, you wouldn't say is good or bad. So money is not good or bad either. Like money is not a reason push away anything. It's not anything that's causing negativity necessarily, but it also isn't the reason to chase after anything either. Like money, people say all the time money can't buy happiness. And the truth of the matter is that money can bring you a lot more security and other things that do contribute to your happiness. But at the end of the day, I think it's more so important to feel realize what what attachment you have to those things is that you're buying. You know, if you want a big fancy house, what does that mean to you? Like how can you verbalize that so that you can you can realize and detach it from the money but understand like, okay, I just really like to be cozy. That's what that thing is that I like. You know, I like the feeling of luxury and that's why I go to Starbucks every day. Money isn't good or bad. Like it's not any reason to push anything away or push people away, but it's also not any reason to bring them closer to you. Like money in and of itself is not going to change your life unless you have the the why behind it. Like that's the thing to really look after. I also love how you talk about using money in ways that align with goals and values. I think that's so important, especially in like today's climate. When when did that kind of come about for you? After graduating, I would say like that, like aligning it with my goals and values really became a big thing. Just because I think when I graduated from college, like reality just hit me like obviously like it does that for so many people and maybe a few a few years before that even but I had this idea like oh I want to be rich I want to live in a mansion I want to do this I want to be CEO in New York and do whatever and then after graduating and just getting a taste of real life I realized again like my why isn't strong enough for any of that like I don't want to be in a mansion and be rich just for the sake of it like what do I really like truly want and how can I get that and that took a lot of weight off my shoulders understanding I don't have to come up with six figures, like three months after graduating, it made things so much more like comfortable. Again, because I'm in control of money, money should be doing the work for me to create my dream life and whatever that means. I really wanted my podcast to take off and do really well. And I knew that the best way for me to open up my budget to do that would be to pay off some consumer debt that I had. So that was a big goal that I had. In and of itself, I don't really care about being debt free, to be completely honest. Like it doesn't like make my heart grow any bigger knowing that I have a zero balance in debt. Maybe it should, but like truly, like I don't care. Like I would much rather 
get my nails done, then like, no, I don't owe any credit card debt. Like it just doesn't really matter that much to me. But being able to connect to that why and know that I have this major goal that's bigger than this situation made it so much easier to do it. And like almost instantly, like I didn't have a ton of credit card debt. So I'm really thankful for that. But it had been like weighing in the balance, hanging in the balance for like years. And I paid it off in like two months after deciding that I want to do that. So I think first, like any financial thing that I do, I identify my goals first in life, like not even money thinking, but afterwards I then say, okay, how does my money play into this? How can I make this happen in a way that feels best for me? And I think that's the biggest thing is aligning it to my goals and values. Like if I say I want to go on a vacation or I want to quit my job or I want to get a dog or I want to be able to go on a really nice date with my boyfriend every month or every week or whatever. Okay. How does my money play into that and and shape around it? And then let's talk a little bit about making this stick. So once you become in control of your money and you are associating better feelings with it, it's not really making you as anxious. I'm sure that's a great thing, like a great thing at the time, but let's talk about like six months down the road. Like how do we make sure that we're able to kind of keep this up and make this more of a part of our lifestyle rather than something that we were really into at one point? I'm also a really goal oriented person. I, you know, I couldn't do anything without having like a strong why to it. I would make all A's in school, but only when my mom promised to buy me a laptop or something, like I always needed like something to connect it to. So I think continuing to check in and understand what your goals are. I'll be completely honest. Dave Ramsey is not my favorite financial guru just because for me, I really like to take a self-care approach and I feel like sometimes it's a little harsh and maybe that's what I need. I don't know. But like for me, I just be more comfortable with a different approach, but I really love his baby steps and always knowing what the next step is. So even if you don't do that, ask yourself like, okay, what is the next step for my life? Like once I've done this financial goal, then what's the next step? What's the next step? Um, And then going from there, like always being in tune with where you want to be and where you are. And even if you don't want to earn any more money, like, okay, I know one day I want to be a mom. I'm not planning on getting pregnant anytime soon, but that's something I'm looking out for, like making sure that my life is aligned so I can do, do the things I need to so that that is not a struggle when the time comes. But even if you're not interested in that, okay, how can you help more people? Like we have seen there's so many situations happening right now where it's super important for us to step up and help others and be an active member of the community financially. Like, yes, thoughts and prayers are great, but at the end of the day, money, like people need that. That's really important. So there's always something, there's always a next step that you can do. So always being aware of that. And also I think good habits, it just comes down to that, sitting down, continuing to do your money dates, making that just an absolute must. You wouldn't leave your house without brushing your teeth, like treat your money dates like that as well. Like something where you, you know, whether it's weekly, bi-weekly, I, I wouldn't say do it less frequently than that, just so that you can always be aware. But Checking in with your money, sitting down, making it a positive experience, um, thinking about some of the things that you want. Also, just changing the way that we think about how we spend completely. And really, one thing I'm focusing on right now, like I said, I'm trying not to spend too much lately. So whenever I really want something, okay, like let's save for it. Even if I don't really need to save for it, I'm trying to get better in the habit of just saving for things and not impulsively buying things that I want, whether it be clothing or furniture or anything like that. And just, you know, making a sinking fund for it instead, like saying like, okay, I want this dress by my birthday. I have however many weeks, how much do I need to put aside every week to make it happen and then get it, you know? So it's just coming up with habits that are really, really helpful for you and that are good for your own 
financial wellness. And I think that comes from foundational self-care and understanding what's really necessary and what's needed. Um, if you're ready to move to the next step and do investing and all of that, looking into it, educating yourself, like spending time just focused on financial education and just making it a daily, weekly, bi-weekly part of your life, no matter what, a non-negotiable, like I'm in control of my money and it involves me investing time into it. I have so many questions that I'm not thinking about. I love the money dates, but also really quickly, you talk about financial education and I know you mentioned some influencers that you like to follow before. Can you share books or people that you follow or whatever has really helped you? Yeah. So I love the financial diet their YouTube channel, Instagram account. I think they have a book as well. I've never read the book, but I really love following them. One of the contributors, Erin Lowry, she has a book called Broke Millennial. And I really love that one as well. Graham Stephan, I love watching him like go through people and react to people's like money videos. And sometimes it's just like the jolt that I need. Yeah. (laughs) I've been loving like all the, (laughs) all the other like videos for like the influencers and stuff. Cause sometimes like, yeah, like I do want money to feel soft and comfortable and fun, but other times I need, I do need a wake up call a little bit. So I really like that. I also just love watching random budgeting videos on YouTube. I think that was like a big thing that I thought to myself, like, there's no way people are saving on this amount of money. Like there's no way anyone else is doing this. And when I started watching these videos and saying that it was possible, I was like, okay, well, wait, why am I not doing this? Um, so that's really cool. Another account I recently found was Her First 100K. Because she, I really like how she talks a lot about like job and career stuff as well. Um, her people working nine to fives and stuff, she talks a lot more about how to negotiate a salary and how to be able to make sure that you're still being respected in the workplace. Because I think that's so important in financial self-care as well. Not just how much money you make, but how you make that money. Like if that's not a positive experience, that's no good. And then all the Refinery29, um, I think Glamour does the videos too of like how regular people spend their money. I just, I love seeing examples because it just reinforces the idea that it's possible. Because for me, I had this idea that it wasn't. So I just always need to be like reinforcing that for myself. Getting more specific again, back to money dates, do you like print out your bank statements and then go through it like that? Or how do you do, like, what do you do? Yeah, so initially I used my iPad, so I didn't have to print it out. But if you don't have like something where you can like sit down and like really highlight something, I would totally suggest printing it out rather than just like looking, like scrolling through a screen just so that you can like have a tangible thing. But I would, in the beginning when I first started this, I would go through line by line and ask myself, am I proud of this purchase? Am I happy that I did this? Like the $6 I spent at McDonald's, am I happy I spent that $6? And then I sat down and I like tallied up all of the things that I was unhappy with. I got a number of how much money I spent on purchases I did not agree with. And instead of like the key for me with, for the self-care focus was instead of like punishing myself or like being mad at myself for spending that money, I tried to reframe it and just shape my mindset around it and say like, okay, like, yes, I spent this money that I probably shouldn't have. And if I could go back, I wouldn't. But now I can tell myself, like, this is how much money I'll be able to save next month just because now I'm aware of it and now I'm facing it head on. Like, instead of, like, making money bad for yourself and punishing yourself and telling yourself you're bad with money and all these negative stories, reframe it. Like, shape your mindset and say, like, now I get to go into the next month with just this much more money and it'll be so much better because of that. I want to end this episode on the current versus ideal you. Can you just share anything and everything. Love listening. I like love this episode, by the way. Yeah. So this is probably my favorite activity. I probably do it at least once a month, but 
sitting down and making however you like to journal. Sometimes I do a paragraph journaling and sometimes I just do like a list, whatever, like I'm feeling like, but sit down and just write everything there is to know about your current life. Write the current realities that you're facing, how you feel about your life and be like really specific. Like say like, you know, if it were me, I'd be like, I'm Maya. I work X job at this university and I live in a one bedroom apartment in Maryland outside of DC. I have a boyfriend. I do this, this and this. I eat whatever. Just be super specific. And then on the opposite page, write what your ideal life would look like. At the time we're like and things change. So, you know, don't don't judge yourself too harshly. But sit down and say, like, okay, if I if I was sitting down and I would rate my life a ten out of ten, what would that look like? How would that be playing in my reality? And just again, be super specific. And I really like to because sometimes you don't know, like sometimes you have no clue like what's available and what's possible so I love watching like Netflix and shows where people are just insanely rich just to be like but I even want that like I was so obsessed with Gossip Girl just because it was like a wonderland for me at one point sitting down and writing all that stuff and again don't judge yourself if you think like oh there's no like I'm a teacher there's no way I could live in like a six-story mansion like that's not gonna happen it doesn't matter like how likely or how possible it feels at this moment just write down what it is that you would want. And if you still have trouble kind of connecting to what it is that you want, write down why you want it. Like, why do you want to live in that mansion? Is it because you want to host a huge family or you want to be able to bring friends around? You want comfort and space? And that'll kind of help you zero in on what that actual thing is that you're chasing after. Once you've written like the current life and the ideal life stuff, in the middle, like just write the difference. Like, okay, if, if ideal Maya works out four times a week and I don't work out at all, that's a very clear difference. Like, get up, go work out. Like that's how you can get that much closer to her. Um, if she has this amount of money in her savings account and I have this amount, okay, now I have a financial difference and I can work towards it and get closer and closer to that. I think the biggest thing for me is just understanding that no matter what, like our dreams, we can work towards them. We can like actually do practical steps to get closer and closer to them. And people talk all the time about manifestation and all of that. But for me, it was really hard looking at it from that angle because it, it felt like make-believe and like wishing and dreaming and hoping. And I understand now that that's not all of it. And I was just misunderstanding and misinterpreting. But I think thinking of it as like practical self-care makes it so much easier for me to grasp onto. Like whatever it is that you've been wanting, it is possible. It's just gonna, it's going to take work and creativity to figure it out. So how can you do that? Sit down, write out exactly what it is that you want. And then now we put our thinking caps on and figure out how we can get there. And you have to just be, you have to be able to acknowledge and be comfortable with where you are and also acknowledge and be aware of where you want to be. Like without that awareness, nothing's going to happen. You're going to be walking aimlessly like on this path and you have no idea where it's headed. Thank you so much. This whole episode, I just absolutely loved. I think you've done such an amazing job of making finances one, like a lot less condemning almost and overwhelming. Almost like it sounds exciting to like get on top of it. And it's like, that's a hard thing to excite people over, you know, but Thank you so much for sharing everything and coming on today. Like, it was just incredible. Where can they find you? Shout out everything, ebook, podcast, everything. Yeah, so I have a podcast called Gentler, and the Instagram account for that is at GentlerPod. Um, and then the website is www.begentler.com. And we have an ebook all about financial self care. Um, and in it, I go over like the more self-care pieces and the foundational self-care parts, but there's also a lot of stuff about financial literacy and all that. That is important to know. Like 
the mindset is important, but you also need to know like the facts of how to manage money. And that's really key. So you can find the information there. I have a free financial self-care challenge, like a five-day email challenge. It's really fun. Like I love it. I do it alongside people like on random weeks. So if you're interested in kind of dipping your toes in the financial self-care, that's available as well. Thank you so much, guys. The ebook is great. One, um, the design is beautiful. Two, it was really awesome. And like I read through the entire thing and I just, yeah, it's actually so incredible. Again, thank you so much for coming on. Guys, I will have everything linked below in the show notes. All right, guys, that is it for today's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed. I will have Maya's stuff linked down below as well as everything that I have mentioned so far in this podcast, the newsletter, YouTube channel, Instagram, everything. So you guys can stay in touch um, even if there's not a new episode for the day, I'm always posting on pretty much everything. You know, my life is basically on online completely. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode and I'll talk to you guys next week.